The story of our life is written day by day, chapter by chapter, and each day presents you with time, time to create your story, time to make an impact and to make a difference. Each day is an opportunity to create your champion life based on the decisions you make with your time. Today, I'm speaking with Kurt Tucker, author of the Champion Life Playbook. Kurt is going to give you his playbook of how you can make the most out of the time that you have. Kurt is going to dive into the habits and the rituals and the truths that he has learned in his life that you can apply to yours with the expectation that your life can and will change for the better as a father, as a husband, and as a leader so that you can live a life, a champion life, full of abundance, freedom, and victory. My conversation with Kurt Tucker starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall. I'm your host, and we're closing in on the end of 2022. It's hard to believe we are in the last few weeks of this year. And if there's anything I want you to do right now, it's to reflect upon a year and understand how have you used the time that you've had. Man, as I sit down and I reflect on my year 2022 and the goals that I had, I got to let you know there are some areas for growth that I've already identified for 2023. And I hope you're doing the same, not taking this time to reflect and beat yourself up, but a time to reflect and get excited about the areas of growth that you have upcoming in the last few weeks of this month and in 2023. I'm so excited for you, excited for your family and excited for what your journey will become in the upcoming year. That is why I am so pumped that this conversation with Kurt Tucker is going live today. December the 14th, we are going live. And it's such a timely conversation about using your time in a way that's going to allow you to thrive, to succeed, to live a life of abundance, a life of freedom, and a life of victory. That's the life you want. Kurt Tucker calls that the champion life. Kurt is the author of the Champion Life Playbook. He's an entrepreneur, he's an evangelist, and an encourager. He's the co-founder of Gym Growth Experts and Champion Builders Academy. Of course, he's an author, he's a speaker, he's a coach, and a business consultant. But above all these things, what pushes Kurt to do all that and to do it really, really well is that Kurt is married to his wife, Rachel, and he has four amazing kids. His why, his driving force, and his purpose. Kurt lives in Ohio and lives his passion and purpose to love, encourage, and empower other people to become the champion that God created them to be and to live the champion life. It's such a timely conversation today. Get your pen ready. Get your voice memos ready. Dive into this conversation with Kurt Tucker because I want you to live the champion life in 2023 so that you become a dad making a difference. Here is my conversation with Kurt Tucker. Kurt, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. Glad to have you on. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing excellent. Doing excellent. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we were able to connect a little bit before this call. I got to learn a lot about you. I also was able to dive into your book. And we're going to get into your new book, uh, The Champion Life, later on in this, in this conversation. But, you know, Kurt, for us to be on here and get into your book, I think it's really important for the guys who are listening to get a picture of who you are and where you've been. And man, you have a story. You know, everybody has a story. I know everybody has a story, but you have a story, man. So, uh, Kurt, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, 
uh, some of the things that you've experienced and why you're so passionate about helping men become strong leaders. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Well, I like to say I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an evangelist, and I'm an encourager, man. That is who I am. Uh, you know, I'm a husband uh, to my beautiful wife, Rachel, uh, married 17 years, father of four, uh, multiple businesses, enjoy that. And uh, as far as just kind of take you back a little bit, you know, I uh, grew up, you know, in a very broken home, dad in and out of prison, you know, mom did her best to raise us, but working that night shift job from four to 12, which really allowed me in the early years, Cam, to, to run wild, right? You know what I mean? Not a lot of leadership in the home, so to speak. And so very early on, uh, you know, got into a lot of trouble, was an athlete, you know, was always playing sports and things of that nature. But as you know, practices, games, they only last for so long. And, you know, when you have a lot of time on your hands and you don't have a lot of leadership in the home, uh, you know, that, that just left me to, you know, obviously, you know, be, a, you know, a teenager that was getting into the wrong things very early, sex, drugs, alcohol, crime, you know, all those different things, man. You know, when I read your book, I appreciate how transparent you are. And we talked about that briefly before we press record here is, you know, you're just honest. You just lay it out there, which I think is very real for guys. There's too many times where you're being told what to do, right? I have this filter, like, am I doing this to someone, with someone, or for someone? Two and four doesn't really help them. But if I do something with them, it helps them move forward. And when I read your book, uh, The Champion Life, I, this is a book written doing something with people who read it. You know, your transparency opens that door for development. Um, would you be open to sharing a little bit about where you started? Like, what was your life like growing up? Because I think it has a lot of adds a lot of perspective of why you wrote the book in the first place. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, when I look at, you know, your podcast, which I think is so awesome, what you're doing, really mentoring men, but mentoring, you know, fathers, right? Dads, like, man, what a gift it is for us men, you know, to be chosen to be leaders, right? Of, you know, uh, these, these blessings, as I like to say, you know, like, you know, I, sometimes when I'm mentoring men and there's things that are going on with their kids, you know, one of the things that I'll say is, you know, are you praying, you know, for, you know, your kids? And I say the reason why that's so important is because, you know, before your son or your daughter was ever your son or daughter, you know, he or she was God's son or daughter. And so when you understand that he truly has, you know, the best interest for your son or daughter that changes everything so when you can seek wisdom from him ask and so you know for me man once again going back to just the way it was for me growing up you know cam just not having that leadership you know in the home you know constant be constantly being let down by my own father you know letters from jail or prison saying hey you know son you know i'm gonna be there and you know the promises that hey i'm gonna be there to to see you at your next game and you know to just be let down over and over and over again when you look up at the stands after you make that awesome play you know and there's nobody from your family to see that because once again my mom was always working night shift you know and my dad really i had a stepdad but he wasn't really involved didn't come to my games either and so that that led me to have a lot of distrust have a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger in my heart for really many, many years, really till up and about, you know, five or six years ago did I let go of all those things. But, you know, so much of those things really shaped, you know, my, my, you know, my high school years, obviously throughout that childhood watching, you know, even when my dad was, you know, home and my mom was together, you know, he was a very abusive angry alcoholic you know and i always would say that man i'm never gonna end up like him hmm. but one thing that i know and i say this all the time that yeah. many things are better you know caught than taught 
Meaning yes. like we can say, do this or do that. But really what our kids see is what we're doing, not so much what we're saying. And so for all those years, I saw that example of anger, abuse, alcohol, and that led into really my early years of marriage with my wife of guess who I ended up being an mm. angry alcohol dependent, you know, abusive husband early on because that was what I saw for so many years that took a lot of work and self-discipline to, to get out of that. So, man, those early years, man, were really were, were really wild for me. Um, it led me to not graduating high school, dropping out, you know, at 17. And, um, you know, I mean, hey, you know, that that is what it is. It's funny that today I live life by my, what I like to call my five F's, you know, faith, yeah. fitness, family, finances and fun. And that's my 5F focus. But, you know, in high school, that's pretty much what I got was Fs. I had a 1.3 GPA. <laughs> so, you know, now I look back on my life and I think, holy cow, you know, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of a funny story. So, you know, you go into such detail in the book about your childhood and you share about your dad. And what I found outstanding is that you had a line in your book where you said that, you know, even though you had these adverse experiences as a child, you say that you're actually grateful that your dad was the way he was. Yeah. And I read that. I was like, no, you're not. Like, how can you be like, I'm feeling for you. I'm trying to like understand where you're at. Like we're about the same age. And I'm thinking about like where I was at the time that you were going through what you were going through. And so the, your book brought me into this. Like I wanted to argue for you not to be, but you were, you <laughs> said you were grateful for the way your dad was. Can you explain that? Yeah. So what I mean by that is that this guys is that, you know, for so many years, and, and I believe this, that in life, we have to be able to reframe things, right? You know, Proverbs, you know, or Romans 12, two says we got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And many times we have to flip the lies. We have to flip the things that are holding us back, that are limiting us. And so for so many years when I was living, you know, living in that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that resentment, that anger, all those different things, you know, no matter what, you know, those types of emotions will never serve you. And so what I had to make a decision on, hey, listen, I'm going to allow those things that happened to me in my life to begin to start serving me. And what I did in that particular situation is to say, listen, you know what? I'm making a decision. I'm making a declaration. I'm drawing the line in the sand and I'm going to let those things that happened to me as a kid, the way that my dad was for so many years, you know, instead of like just fuel me to be the kind of dad that I wish he would have been. So, right? you know, so I learned that lesson. This is what not to be, you know, and now I'm going to fuel that to say, you know, what if, if I could have painted a picture of what an incredible dad would have looked like, it would have been a, a loving and an encouraging and an empowering dad. Someone who just constantly was encouraging me in my book, I write a chapter and it's called, you know, be the CEO. Right. And, and the CEO, just like in businesses, I'm the CEO of a couple of my, my businesses, but at home, I'm the CEO, I'm the chief encouragement officer. It's my job to just breathe life into my kids constantly, you know, whether it's praying with them before they leave or tonight before my son plays basketball, you know, in, in a varsity game, he's going to look up in the stands and he's going to see me. And he's going to see a smile and immediately he's going to see that smile and he's going to feel encouraged. And he knows, you know, just like our, our, our heavenly father, I'm for him. I'm rooting for him. You know, I'm excited. So, you know, I just used that. I flipped it and I allowed those experiences to no longer hinder me, but to serve me in a positive way, Cam. I love it. And you, you paint a picture of what you thought you wanted your family to be like if you had this picture of a dad that you wanted to become and you, you made an image of this but you did have men in your life who pulled you along because sometimes we're pushed and sometimes we're pulled so i mm -hmm. you know reading your book i think some of these coaches and men and mentors uh and even a family that you were connected with when you were growing up you saw their family and their holidays and these things they were doing and this pushed and pulled you along. Can you speak to the importance of having positive male role models in your life and how that played in your development? 
Oh man, it's huge. You know, I say, you know, and we all heard, you know, hear it, you know, you will be the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. Right. And so, you know, uh, there was, you know, in the, in the story, in the book, I talk about the Heinel family where they were that wealthy family that constantly, you know, were always going on vacation, you know, over Christmas break or on summer, you know, they had the nice home, they had, you know, the nice vehicles, they did dinners together, you know, just they had that family camaraderie that, you know, to this, you know, day, you know, we have a lot in, in our home, right? You know, we're able to go on those vacations when, you know, my kids have been to Aruba and, you know, multiple cruises and to different islands, things that as a kid, I never thought was possible. But, you know, it was because I, I didn't really know how it was going to be possible, right? But just to be able to have somebody that, you know, you can look up to, which that's my challenge to us men. That's my challenge to us dads is to set that standard, to set that example, you know, of what's, you know, possible because there are people watching, right? Like I know when people look at, at my lifestyle today, Cam, you know, I want them to see kingdom. You know, I want them to see like abundance. I want them to see the nice home. I, you know, my wife says, you know, kingdom people drive Range Rovers. And so I want a Range Rover. So I got her a Range Rover for her 50th, you know, birthday, right? You know, and whether you have a Range Rover or not, that's not the point, you know, and, you know, really when it even comes to money, you know, and I write about this a lot in my book, like money just makes you more of who you are, you know, like, I want to be blessed financially because I have a heart to give more to my family, more to my church, more to, you know, to certain things. Right. So I think it's so important that you will always have one or two people in your life um, that you can always look up to so that you can get a vision, you know, not to covet them, but to just say, you know what? There's something about that man. There's something about that husband. There's something about the way he parents his kids that I want to be like. And what's really, really cool is as Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. If you just pay attention to what other people do that are having success in their marriage or with their kids or whatever, it, the writing's on the wall. Now we just have to be willing to implement, right? Like we just have to be willing to, to steal what they're doing, right? You know, to imitate, you know, which is the best form of flattery, by the way, is when we copy what someone else is doing that's working for them. Trust me, like when people are like, hey, would would you be willing to tell me, Kurt, like how you pray for your wife or how you handle your kids in this situation or how you approach your business? And I'm like, absolutely. That's why I put all that in the book, by the way, Cam. Like I tried yeah. to be as detailed as possible in my book so that it took out all the guesswork because for so many years i would always think like what do these people do you know what yeah. i mean like if i could just be a fly on the wall in that guy's house and hear how he handles conversations with his kids or how he handles a disagreement with his wife or approaches a business meeting like oh my gosh like i just tried to put that all in the book so yeah and in your book's called the champion life playbook and I'm curious, you know, you, you share that you had these wonderings, like, what is that guy saying? And I wonder what's happening in that family. But what was, was that the, like the ignition that started you wanting to create the book? Because I know it is not easy to write a book. Like it takes time, <laughs> it takes yeah. commitment, and there's a lot of frustrations along the way. But what inspired you to like sit down and take time and say, I'm going to craft this out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think definitely one is legacy. Uh, I know for those of you listening on audio, but if you're watching this on video, if you can see behind me, which my camera is going to move with me here, but I, I've got about 30 uh, journals behind me where every day for the last 11 or 12 years, I've woke up every morning, you know, early and spend time in devotion and prayer and journaling where I write down my goals on focusing on, you know, what I want to accomplish that day. My I am statements are in there. I, I, I'm always working from a, a plan of my next thing that I want to achieve. And that's also where I write all like the wisdom nuggets. If I go to a seminar, if I'm reading a good book, you know, if I'm watching, you know, a, a YouTube video, I put everything in these journals. And the reason why is because I want to leave these journals to my kids someday. And so I think I'm on journal number 36, you know, right now, uh, which I got that from my mentor. But when I started to think about writing the book, Cam, you know, 
you know, I, I read the word of God. And I'm, I'm, I think the Bible is the best leadership book ever written. Uh, and regardless of, of your faith, there's just so many life principles that can be put into place. But sometimes, you know, the Bible, once again, is it's kind of like, okay, so what exactly does that mean? And how can I apply that to my life? So when I had the, 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 the initial vision to write the Champion Life Playbook, what I wanted it to be was about legacy. What I thought to myself is, if something happened to me today and I was no longer here, okay, I wanted to be able to give my kids, okay, and anybody else for that matter, a playbook that was like, listen, you know, along with, with scripture, if you will just follow this book and the principles in this book, I know 100% that you can create a life of abundance and freedom and victory where you're going to win in every single area of your those five F's, right? And so as I crafted this book, I really just shared my life journey over the last 15, 16 years of of all my successes, my messes, as I like to say, in every single area, you know, that was like, this is how I've done it. Here's the lessons I've learned. Here's what to do. Here's not what to do. Being very transparent and laying it out so that if something ever happened to me, my kids will be able to pick that up and be like, this is how our dad lived. And it would be so easy to implement into their life. So that was really the, the initial vision. And then as I began to continue to write, and grow. And you know how that is as you're writing a book, you're thinking of different things. It's like, oh, I want to add this in. I want to add that in. I just began to really get a feel, you know, that this was going to have such an incredible impact, you know, for so many people, men and women, uh, that I just, I was like, wow, this is, this is absolutely incredible. And I began to start thinking more about that word champion, Cam, mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of people, you know, think of the word champion from an athletic vernacular, right? Because we're used to that in sports. Like that is the ultimate goal to become a champion. Number one, outclass the competition. And but we don't understand, you know, there's a second, you know, uh, ex explanation of it, right, that says that to be a champion is to fight on behalf of of someone else to be a defender mm. of purpose. And so I look at that as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, like it is my job, my duty to fight alongside, you know, other men, helping them be the leaders that God created them to be just like my original mentor did for me 12 years ago, because if it wasn't for him, you know, my life would be completely different today. And now I just want to pay that forward, man. That's amazing. It's amazing. So good. You know, but you, but you said so much that I want to unpack. Okay. So Go ahead. You, you mentioned that, you know, in those journals behind you, you shared your wins and your losses, the strengths and your weaknesses, the things that were good, the things that were bad. And you really do like you, you are quite vulnerable in the book and you share some things in the book that I read even. And I was like, Oh man, like he put that in there. Good. Like, and then, but it made me respect you because I think too often an author will be, I don't know what to say, proper, politically correct, whatever. And you're like, no, this is how it is. This is how life went because what is the value? And I want to ask you this, what is the value and the benefit of sharing our imperfections? instead of just celebrating our successes? Yeah, well, I think, you know, transparency uh, creates victory in your life. You know, when, when you no longer, in my opinion, I believe that a, a lot of people, especially a lot of men, live with the fear of man. Mm -hmm. and, and number one, it says in scripture that we should fear no one. <laughs> other than the one, right? But what do I mean when I say the fear of man? Here's what I mean, is there's always that constant thought, right? Of like, well, you know, what if, you know, you know, they don't agree with me? What if they don't think I'm good enough? What if I fail? What if they don't agree with, you know, I said this, or I said that, or what if they don't like me because of what I'm wearing, or what car I'm driving, or, you know, what my kids do, you know, or, Gosh, my son, you know, I remember as, as, a, as, a, as an athlete, right, and now being a dad, you know, of an athlete, a high-level athlete, you know, well, what happens if my son's not starting? 
right? Yeah. You know, like, well, what happens if he didn't have a very good game and he only scored so many points? Or what happens if he does this? And how are people going to think about me? Mm. Like, first of all, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Um, that's that's selfishness. That's pride. That's, you know, we see that happen a lot of times where many times we're living you know, like our high school days through our kids, trying to force them to be somebody that they were never created to be, right? So, you know, I have a standard of excellence. I want my kids, you know, my son, especially, you know, Carson, who's, you know, to give his very best. But at the end of the day, all I really want him to know is that I love him. And as long as he gives his very best, as long as he gives excellence, because there's going to come a time where he's not going to be playing baseball. He's not going to be playing basketball. And so I'm just doing my best not to, you know, raise a great kid, but to raise a champion adult, you know, right? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers and the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be, dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. So, yeah, let's let's dive into that. You have a whole chapter about raising champion adults and as we get into that later, but you brought up Carson and, you know, you have your son, and your daughter, and you, you outline in the book, how the importance of being there for them doesn't mean just being physically there for them, but being present mm-hmm. and being engaged and how you recognized as a father that each of them required something a little bit different. And although you wanted to do your thing, which many of us dads do, we need our time. We want to do our activities. We have our passion projects. We have something we're diving into. You were able to like say, this is important. I'm going to craft time. I'm going to spend time with each of them in their own way. You tell about like taking off for a day trip with your daughter that I'm like, yes, I love that. And you got me sitting at my desk, scrolling plane tickets, <laughs> you know, like you're, it's inspiring to see how I know it wasn't easy for you, but you made it through. Um, talk about a little bit about how we as fathers can raise champion adults. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, setting, you know, that, that understanding, you know, right off the bat that no matter what, you know, they're loved right? And that you're going to encourage them, right? Because once again, that wasn't there for me, right? And, you know, so, you know, the moment that our kids know that we love them, no matter what, okay, so that is something that is so in our DNA of the of the Tucker family, is that our kids know their love, we tell them we love them, like, multiple times, always hugging, we pray every single day in a huddle, our two oldest kids are out of the house, and our two youngest are still here. So every morning before they leave for school at 735, you know, we huddle up. Uh, now, if you have teenage kids like us, it definitely has to be, you know, myself and then Carson and then my wife and then Carly over here because the two kids can't be side by side because there's no way we can get through a 30 second prayer without them nudging, hitting each other, you know, whatever. It just it is what it is. They're both juniors in high school. And um, and so, you know, I think that's the first one is love. I think the second one is to, you know, really set that encouragement, right? Where we're constantly looking for what they're doing good. How can we, you know, just continue to do that? And I think, you know, the last thing that just comes to my mind is, you know, creating that expectation of excellence, you know, like that team concept within the family that, you know, uh, this is a family unit, right? You know, because what happens is as a as a married couple, many fights in a marriage happen because of kids, right? Because of communication. Right. So 
one of the things that Rachel and I have had to learn is to just be a united front. Like, hey, if one kid's trying to go behind the back and do this and get, you know, us pitted against each other, like we're like, nope, did you ask your mom? Yep. You know, OK, well, now ask dad. Now we're both on the same page. Right. You know what I mean? So it's setting that ex that expectation of excellence, you know, with the kids. Um, and then, you know, as far as time, you know, I say in the book, kids spell love, T-I-M-E, especially the young kids. You know, I heard this stat and this is so true now that I'm in the season of my life that I'm in is they say that 85 percent of the time that you will spend with your kids over their lifetime will be spent by the time that they turn 13 years old. Wow. You know, because if you really think about it, you know, as they're going through the early years up until, say, 12 or 13, you're pretty much with your kids every day, all day, whenever you see them. Right. right. But once they hit that 13 mark and then as they start to get into junior high, then high school, when they start driving like they're never home. Our kids both drive like we we barely see them. And then when they move out, they go to college, they get their own family. You might only see them once a month, once a year, maybe. And so, man, it, it, it really has got me to think differently about the time and making sure that I prioritize time with the kids, being able to even just sit down, have a conversation with them at home or go grab a coffee or go grab some lunch, go to a Bengals game or whatever, because man, like I just, I'm not going to get those opportunities much longer. And so I think that's huge, you know, to be intentional about putting time with your kids on your calendar, on your schedule, no different than you would a business meeting or, you know, whatever the case scenario is, right? Because that's what they really want. As I say in the book, you know, they want your presence, trust me, yeah. us ki kids do, but they really want your presence. You know, they want to be with you and they need that. And I want to create that for generations to come where we continue to have a family that says, I love you. We hug, you know, like we show emotion. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I tell my kids that all the time, like that's something I've done since they were just little you know, singing songs to them at bedtime and when they wake up in the morning. And now I can, my kids are younger than yours. They're eight and 10, but I can say, Hey, did I tell you today that I love you? And my son will be, yes, dad. I'm like, <laughs> oh, good. I just want to make sure, you know, like, I just, I, I love that banter back and forth with them, but I want them to know. Um, but this doesn't come. And you say this in the book, this doesn't come with shifting the priorities in the home. And I want to go back to your relationship with Rachel. Your, your kids are important. My kids are important. But you emphasize the importance of how your wife and the relationship you have with your wife is a priority and how that should be. Can you touch on that? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, you, you, you know, other than my relationship, you know, with Jesus, that's the most important relationship in my life. You know, the kids are eventually, you know, maybe another year and a half and they're going to be gone, whether it's to college or, you know, what have you. And uh, it's going to be Rachel and I. Right. right. And so you see so many people that end up, you know, going through life. And at the end of the day, you know, husband and wife, they, they don't even know each other because they've been so busy with work or maybe they put the kids before the marriage and then next thing you know, what happens, you know, is families are torn apart all the time. You know, sometimes it, it happens early on. So we have just created a priority, right? You know, I call it, you know, the, the three principles, you know, of a strong, healthy marriage are the, you know, prayer, priority, and purity in my book. And so when I think of priority, like that is by intention and cam, I can, you know, 100% tell you that when we are in seasons where our marriage is just like hitting on all cylinders, like just the intimacy on all levels is there physical, emotional, and sexual, right? Because there's three levels of intimacy, guys, you know, most of us go right to the sexual intimacy, you know, but there's that, that, that spiritual intimacy, that emotional intimacy that our wives need before the physical. And so when we are doing certain things, you know, it's like we are just pitching and catching. So one of those things is, 
every morning for us at 6.30 in the morning, we come together after our own devotion time and, and you know, time alone. I, I call it my hour of power that I really detail in my book where I do kind of my morning routine stuff. But we come together at 6.30 for 15 minutes, Cam. Now, sometimes it might end up going a little longer than that, but that's our commitment. For 15 minutes from 6.30 to 6.45 before the kids come downstairs and they're getting all ready for you know school and stuff is we just come together, we, we pray together, we do a quick devotion, and we just simply talk and say, hey, you know, what do you got going on today? You know, how can I serve you? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything going on with the kids that I should know about? And just that communication on a daily basis allows the little things that normally are just little things to never become big things, right? You know, the right. that create blow up. So that's one of the things. And then the other is non-negotiable. We do a date night every single week. We're at the stage of life now where we can do multiple date nights, which is super cool. You know, but early on, we always had a date night. You find a babysitter, somebody, you know, where for 20, 30, 40 bucks, you know, that's an investment in your marriage and investing in your marriage will always be one of the best investments that you can you can ever make. So we just prioritize things like that, you know, yeah. uh, that, that ultimately, you know, have 100 percent allowed our marriage to thrive, to get us to the point today where, you know, at one season of life, it was, oh, wow, man. You know what I mean? To now being married to my best friend where we truly enjoy being around each other, having fun. And we're a team unit. Yeah, I love it. You talk about priorities. And I think if I was to think about the book and what you share, priority is, is this theme that kind of tr trickles through it all. You talk Because in the book, you really did get into all these different areas that someone could implement, a man, a woman could implement to live a champion life. So you talk about priorities and planning your day. You talk about priorities and taking care of your health and managing your relationship with your wife and being, maybe managing is the wrong word there, but you know, optimizing that relationship with your wife and then your kids. Um, but you mentioned your hour of power. And I wanted to share something with you because I don't often do this and I don't want to interrupt or go on a tangent, but I picked up something new in your book that I actually implemented this morning for the first time because I've been struggling with getting into the word in a way that was meaningful each morning, getting into my, my devotions and reading the Bible in a way that was impactful because I was like, oh, like, how do I do this? I'll read it and then I'll pray. But you outline, son, S-O-N. I'm like, why did I not, like, why did I not think of that? Right? No, but like, why? Like it's simple, but it's not, but it was just impactful. So this morning, one, I started reading Proverbs and I'm going to read a chapter a day for the month because I think that's a great way to get into it, which you, man, you inspired me to do that by reading your book Awesome. and, and this practice of some, can you just dive into the listeners now who are like, Cam, what are you talking about? So can you share that? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's something that I get from so many men that I've worked with over the years that want to grow in their faith and, and they really want to do it, you know, right? But it's like, I just don't know where to start. So what I'll do is I'll say, hey, listen, I know you want to grow in wisdom. I deal with a lot of men who are their 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 self, you know, the, the development, personal development's important, you know, they're business leaders, they're entrepreneurs, things of that nature, and they want to grow their faith. So I'm like, hey, listen best book you can start, you know, is, you know, obviously in the Bible, when they're asking me, where do I start is the book of Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, who was David's son, who obviously is an heir from the king. He's known to be the wisest man, you know, ever. And so, you know, in the book of Proverbs, there's so much life application in that book in every single area. And there's 31 chapters so it's like one chapter a day, right? You know, that literally takes us five minutes to read, but it's one thing to read it. It's another to actually be able to write it down, just like our goals. And then it's another to apply it. So my original mentor, Mike Slaughter, you know, he gave me, so I, I want to give credit, you know, to 
who who came up with this, who wrote it in his book, and maybe he got it from somebody, who knows? You know, but the son, I, I reference it like Jesus is the son of God, right? So the son acronym, the S stands for the scripture. So as you're reading, you know, in the Bible, in a chapter, in Proverbs or whatever, you know, what I'm looking for is I'm reading for four or five minutes and I'm reading a chapter is what's the one scripture that just kind of comes off the page, right? I just get that like internal, like, oh, I like that. And I write that scripture down at the top of the page. And I write a little S out on the side of my journal. And then the O stands for the observation. Like as I'm reading that scripture, what is it speaking to me? You know, like what am I getting from it that's just jumping out of my brain and I'm beginning to think about, you know, oh, yeah, like I can see how that applies to my marriage or to my business or to my kids, right? You know what I mean? Uh, And then the N is in my opinion, the most important part of the acronym, which is the name, the application. Like I am going to name right now, write it down at the bottom. This is how I am going to apply what I'm learning today, what God is speaking to me today, the download that he just gave me, the wisdom, and I'm going to apply it to my life. So maybe I'm going to go pray for somebody. It may go be, I just need to give my word, a word of encouragement to my wife. You know, hey, this is what I learned, whatever. So, so scripture, observation, and then most important is name that application, you know, so that now, because once again, you know, information without application, nothing, right? You know what I mean? But when we can take information, we can then have application. That's how we get the transformation. That's how things happen. So I love it. That's awesome. I'm excited to to hear that you're, you're doing that. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up because I was like, this is like, I read this book and literally the day later, I have something that's tangible. I can do and go through not to mention all the other S-O-N, and then you have your three principles for your relationship with your wife. Like, If you're listening to this right now, here's why you should read this book and why it's so good is because Kurt gives you this for every topic that he addresses. A little like one, two, three steps. Here's the key. Here's the go. And it makes it just actionable. So I appreciate that about your book. So well done as an author. I think that was great. Um, You know, Kurt, I don't want to give away the whole book. and we probably don't have time to get into it, but you share about like a health, like a pretty serious health scare that you had um, that put you in some pretty dark places. And, and we don't need to get into that right now, but can you speak to the importance of taking care of your health when wanting to live the champion life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll hear me say a lot that true, you know, wealth is health. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying that, you know, man, you know, sacrifices his body to make money only to basically have to take all the money that he's made to try to now take care of his body later on in life. And so, you know, one of the things that that I realized after I went through what I went through with the mercury poisoning is what I had. Um, Nobody knew I went through about two and a half years of just my body deteriorating, Mm -hmm. headaches, burning, tingling in my body. Uh, you know, was put on multiple drugs, Cam, um, you know, and uh, went to multiple specialists and no one could find out what was going on, had every blood test you could think of. And, uh, you know, was on literally the verge of suicide. I mean, I, I literally my life, if it wasn't for my faith, because, man, there were some dark nights of the soul, uh, you know, through that period, Um you know, man, I wouldn't be here today. Right. You know, and so I'm so grateful and thankful. But through that process, Cam, it made me realize a couple of different things. Number one, it made me appreciate my life so much more. I, I never had such a focus on gratitude until after that happened. Actually, before that happened, where before I got mercury poisoning in 2000 and I think it was around 13 or 14, I was the type of guy where nothing was ever good enough, right? You know, here I am married to a beautiful wife, healthy kids, nice home, you know, great business, making money, nice car, all that stuff, but nothing was ever good enough. Hmm. And, you know, obviously when you go through something like that for two and a half years, you know, one thing I got from it was just gratitude that man, like every day, there's a saying I like to say, yesterday's history, 
tomorrow's a mystery, but today's a gift. And I just, I just want to live every day to the fullest. Like life is an adventure, right? And so now I know like it's so important to not only when I think of health, take care of my mindset, right? And my emotional health, but the things that I do by the way I train my body, the right nutrition, removing all the junk, you know, artificial sweeteners and flavors out of my, you know, life, the sucralosis, the, all that, that crap, uh, and beginning to focus on recovery, right? You know, like I never do, did so much with recovery with infrared saunas and cold showers and all those things. We're now at 41, like I'm in the best shape of my life with some of these principles that I've applied. Um, and man, like I feel amazing because at the end of the day, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, is on this topic is like, I want to be around in the latter part of my life, you know, into those seventies and those eighties, like that's going to be my wisest years that I'm going to be able to pass yeah. on, you know, to my kids and my grandkids and people. So I want to be around for that. Yeah. So I really truly believe like the importance of me at least doing my part. Of course, anything can happen, but man, I want to make sure I'm doing my part every day. I love that because I am in the same spot. You know, I turned 42 in January and nice. I'm just like, man, my body isn't where I want it to be. And I'm not talking about how it looks. I'm talking about how it functions right now. And so, sure. you know, we, we find that we need to make adjustments and you really outlined some really great strategies in your book. So, you know, I appreciated that. Okay. A guy's listening to this right now. His dad's making a difference podcast. He's like, I want to make a difference. I want to live a champion life. Where does a man start? How does he start? Man, that's a great question. I could go so <laughs> I could go so many different things. Um, I think where I would start is is um, you know, create a vision for your life. You know, if you haven't taken a second to really think about uh, you know, who you desire to be, the things that you want to do, the things that you want to have, like you got to start there. You know, one of the things that I'm known for is whiteboards. I mean, I've got a massive whiteboard in my office here, an eight by 12 whiteboard in my headquarters, in my own office and white pads is I'm such a believer and, you know, us taking time and slowing down so that we can speed up. You know, mm -hmm. you would never go on vacation if, if I was driving from here in Ohio to Florida without first things first, like putting in my GPS where I'm going. What's that destination, right? And so, so many times we're just kind of like going through life versus just taking a second and really taking some time. That's why I love my hour every morning by myself. And many times I'll I'll do more than that, spend two or three hours at a time where I just really begin to look at every area of my life, my faith, my fitness, my family, my finances and fun and say, you know what, what do I want? Because see, life is really about who you become in pursuit of those things you want. So that. as you look to be, you know, that loving and that encouraging, you know, husband and father and leader in your business, you know, it's always going to start with a vision. And then every single year, really now every single 12 weeks, you know, every, you know, I'm reevaluating and saying, you know what, am I getting closer? Am I doing the things that I said I was going to do? So, so I think if you'll be willing to get a vision and then back that vision with, you know, what I like to call my personal covenant, you know, mm -hmm. which is, this is me getting in agreement with, who I am as a man with who I desire to, to be. And then I live that out every single day. So that would be my encouragement to you, man, is if you don't have a clear vision, you know, you don't have some goals, start there. And then what happens now is things just begin to start happening. You know, you will begin to start doing things in a different way. Relationships will start to come into your life. Doors will start to open. And I want to just add this is don't limit yourself. Okay. Like so many times we put so many limits on ourselves, you know, and the only limitations that you have are the ones that you put on yourself with God, all things are possible. So really just like a kid at Christmas, when you ask them, what do they want? Like they will tell you everything. 
But somehow along the lines, as we grow older, we just stop asking, we stop dreaming. So I always ask, you know, when I tell guys I coach like, hey, listen, I want you to dream and dream big. You don't have to necessarily know exactly how all this is going to happen, but just write down what you want and why you want it, why it's important to you, and just watch what happens. So I would say start start with a vision. Excellent. Kurt, right now as a father and husband, what's one area that you're excited about, one area of growth that you're excited about or diving into right now? Um, man, you know, I, I would say that uh, I'm really trying hard right now with my kids to just um, teach them, teach them life principles, teach them about money. You know, right. You know, teach them about, hey, listen, you know, when you get that hundred dollar check or that, you know, thousand dollars, like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tithe 10 percent. I want you to save and invest 20 percent and then you can spend the rest. Right. Like, you know, little things like that. I'm really big on having my kids read books right now, you know, and so my daughter, that that's how she's getting her gas and things in her her car, you know, is like, hey, listen, I don't want to give you money, you know, right? I, I want you to earn it, but I nothing against her going out and working like a regular job at like a McDonald's or something like that. But I would rather her read books hmm. and learn and grow and leadership books, goals, things of that nature. So I'm really trying to focus because, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I, I might only have another 15, 16 months that my kids are in the house before they graduate. And then who knows? So man, it is like so on the forefront of my mind right now to make sure that I'm preparing them more than ever. So for me, man, that's my focus right now. Excellent. Thanks for sharing. I'm I'm always interested to hear what guys are working on, especially, you know, men like you who are committed to making a difference and making a difference in community, business, and in their families. So thanks for sharing. Kurt, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. And if someone's listening to this right now and they want to get a copy of your book, they want to listen. I know you have a podcast coming out. You share about that. Where yeah. can they find you? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm I'm on obviously Facebook at Kurt Tucker, or Instagram at Kurt D. Tucker, uh, or my website. You know, my website, uh, www.kurtdtucker.com. Uh, you can go there. You can find my podcast that's coming out, my book, you know, uh, anything about me, you know, is all on there. Uh, so website, social media is probably the best places. Excellent. Thank you again, Kurt. Appreciate you. And I can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode. You just gave so much value. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.